Jane, get me off this crazy thing called love. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Love on the Brain. Thank you for sticking with us through Season 1. We are now entering the non-Bachelor portion. This will be Season 2 until the next Bachelor-like show comes along, so hopefully you can get interested. On Our first episode is going to be a feature by co-host Jamie Quayle, who reads astrological readings as a side hustle. Side hustle! So Jamie... <laughs> First of all, let's let's so freeing not to discuss Bachelor. Yeah, it sounds it feels good. So let's just talk about what a prenatal chart is. Prenatal chart. What is the right? What is the right? I one? take prenatal vitamins. Oh, oh what, is the, um, what is it called? It's a natal chart. Natal chart. Okay. Yeah. Our birth chart people label it as basically tells you where all the planets were and all the points are at the exact moment you were born. So basically it gives you like an in-depth look into your astrological identity. Depends like where and when you were born and you have, you know, we're connected with the universe. You have a big belief and understanding of that connection with the universe. And we each have like a unique makeup of the cosmic Energy. Yeah, so most people will know their sun sign. You know, I'm a Capricorn. I, What's your sun? Yeah, or you might, uh, some might even secondarily know their moon sign. We've discussed it a little bit on Love on the yes. Brain, but the moon sign is what? It's in, in the in the, in the the chart. Well, as I go through your chart, we'll individually go okay, through. Okay, so we'll even do the basic ones. Yeah, so let me tell you what the chart write-up or um, chart reading usually looks like. So I will go through all of the planets, starting with like the most popular. So sun moon, then we move to Mercury, Venus, Mars, I was gonna say Earth, Mars, and so on and so forth to your rising and all your houses. And what I'm going to do is show you, okay, what does it mean to have a sun in Gemini? And then what does it mean to have a sun in Gemini in the third house? Mm -hmm. Because in astrology, we need your time of birth, because that tells you where the horizon line was when you were born. And that sets up all the 12 um, houses that make up your chart. Um, and so that can determine where all this, the planets are. And that's what really differentiates people from other people. It's not just in their own sun sign. Yes. It's not just that like, oh, I'm a Gemini. That is an energy and you can show up as that energy. But you might have your son in the third house, whereas somebody else who's a Gemini has their son in the seventh house. And that means something completely different. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot, obviously, that I don't even cover in yeah. these charts to tell you about who you are. Um, but that's just like a basic okay, so idea. Why don't, before we get into it, let's talk about our journey with the astrology personally between both of us. So okay. my first, I mean, you know, you hear about it as a kid, just, you know, offhandedly, you might see a horoscope or something mm -hmm. like that. In the newspaper. In the newspaper. They used to have them, yeah. So I have heard that horoscopes, I don't believe in horoscopes, like daily, monthly, yearly horoscopes. I think that was created to sell newspapers. That was my belief. I have no idea. That's just that's my belief. I heard that once and I like it. So again, let's start from the beginning. So I so I remember hearing about horoscopes as a, as a child or maybe getting older, not taking it too seriously. And then I remember we know we love to drop names on the show. Joey Lacerda and hey. Michael Desmond. We <laughs> were at a I believe it was unique thrift shop, if not the thing before it or big lots over there. And we bought this big book on astrology and we oh. brought it home and read it. We were pretty obsessed with it for a few weeks and then moved on like young boys do. Okay. Like it was like two or three weeks where we were reading all about it. I then got to the age of my 
let's say, overconfident intellectual stage in high school where I was like, okay, if anyone believes this, there's something wrong with them. They are (laughs) dumb. This is how could the sun and the moon and the stars possibly have an effect on who I am as a person. There's you're not taking into account any kind of experience that's nurtured that basically and in a way that's kind of correct but it's not it's differentiating this is explaining things that might come up in your own self not through nurture but things that you might not have understood so anyway i kept going throughout my 20s kind of being like bullshit 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 someone would bring it up it would be like a thing to flirt with women maybe it's like what's your sign gemini yeah are we compatible is a big thing and i've been pretty resistant then you started to get pretty deep into it as you moved to Boulder typical. and met some people. Yeah, it's pretty typical. Yeah. And, I, and again, I, I became very uh, still resistant. I, again, always curious, always intellectually curious about it. I've read the basic qualities of a Gemini. And I'm like, in my joke that I would go to, I've even said it on stage before. It's like, well, I, you know, I'm a super uh, Gemini, but I don't believe in any of that shit. But that's exactly what a Gemini would say. You know, <laughs> everything I read is is to the T yeah. who, I, who, who I am. So I have this... There's this overarching theme in astrology and in life where I think, I don't know where you, as a psychologist, obviously you're well versed in this, but there's a huge thing out there that's called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. So as human beings, a lot of times we will read things and we really want to attribute it to ourselves we want we want to believe we want we have this narrative about ourselves we'll read things and we were like oh yeah that's definitely me when in a lot of times it's not i'm not talking about astrology just things anything a lot of a, a lot of things confirmation bias it's like if you believe something and there's about yourself and there's information you're gonna it's gonna tend you're gonna tend to believe it when it comes to you do you have a better, easier way to <laughs> explain confirmation bias than um, what i just did well it sounds a little bit like self-fulfilling prophecies like our perceptions create our reality and so if we perceive ourselves in a certain way, then everything we're filtering in is through that perception. And so if you're reading in a, you know, a horoscope and you already have this, like, for me, I'm a Taurus, like, oh, I'm stubborn. Like every horoscope will probably say something about wanting to mm-hmm. control or being stubborn. And so I'm going to look to that as like, oh, yep, that's me. Of course. And I think a lot of times horoscopes and astrology is written out broadly. Yeah. And so it can cover a bunch of, it's like, oh, um, yeah. oh you, you're sad once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes, every single person I get like a weekly, is sad once in a while. I get a, like a weekly email from um, this astrologer and I'll read mine and I'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's what my week ahead is feeling like already. Mm-hmm. But then I'll look at like an Aries one, which I don't really have much Aries in my chart. I'm like, oh, well, that could apply to me too. Like, right. whatever. So you, know? you have to... Here's the thing, though. I started to, this past year, get maybe acquainted with some other people who are uh, very into astrology and still was resistant, still was, again, intellectually curious. And I think around November, December, I started reading some more and being like, and, and just looking into it and be like, again, I was like, I have to admit to myself, I am a fucking Gemini. Everything that they say about Geminis on most sites that I was looking up, I was like, fucking makes so much sense so then (laughs) some things started happening and i started to look what i've been doing recently is following the astrological calendar Mm -hmm. and so that's not Mm -hmm. a personalized thing with me it's where these the you know the full moon is and the where the moon is in its cycle what planets and what and what causes that and i started to believe in it a little bit and then i started feeling things opening up for me 
And I started to believe more and believe more. And it's almost like one of those things where it's, I am annoying on Instagram and, and in life where I really believe that we are stardust. We are um, the very material that's made up of a star, that's made up of a chair, that's made up of a bed, is made up of me. And I have become able to be conscious of this. And I talk a lot on all my podcasts about how I was not super religious growing up, but I was Catholic. And then I went away for for a long time. And I would consider myself probably an atheist. And recently... My religion has come back, not strictly through astrology, but just strictly through believing that I need to respect the universe because it is me. And that's and partly a part of that is respecting myself mm-hmm. because I am also the universe and something that I really have never done. So I've been more and more open to it. And as I've been more open to it and been more believing in it, I find myself just feeling better and having that faith in the stars makes me more curious about. So Jamie does this natal chart reading, postnatal chart reading, <laughs> and um, yep. she's never done one for me. And nope. I've been I'm lucky enough to uh, she put in the work and is going to give me one free of charge now that it's aired over. That, so that is true. If you want your own, you can hit up Jamie on Instagram or anywhere if you have her number or anything like that. You, she will uh, probably set up a business reading for you. A business reading, a an business astrological reading, re- reading uh. for you. Yeah, I could do natal chart readings. I also do composite chart readings, which puts your and your partner or boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, um, your charts together and creates a third chart to show the chart of the relationship. And so that's always something um, people can be interested in. Yeah, it definitely still bothers me when someone will say, we'll do something wrong and say, well, I'm a Taurus, you know? Yeah, so let let me speak to that real quick. So what I've found astrology can offer is at least for me, I'm a very symbol-oriented person. I feel like I need outward. I like people to tell me who I like, what I am and who I am, and it just helps me feel validated. Mm-hmm. And astrology is a way that I've been able to do that. And not only that, it's deepened my understanding of who I am. And I think a lot of people actually tell me they get worried to hear about their chart because they don't want it to become an excuse like, a, oh, well, I have a Venus in Gemini, so right. obviously it's hard for me to settle down in relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what this is used for. What this is most utilized for is to offer validation on any hard parts in life. You can say, oh, this is hard for me because of blah, blah, blah. And here's my growth point. That's what a natal chart can also provide is where growth needs to happen, how growth happens. And so it's not just something, and of course people can sure say, take it as like an excuse, but I don't think that's using it in its full regard, so. Right, and it's also, I guess we brought this up a little bit, but again, once I read, once I hear this, it is now a part of my system. It is now a part of my brain. So It's my, like a language. So my worry yeah. a little bit though, is I will now go towards it mm. because I'm hearing it. Whether, when in reality, if I've never heard anything about it, I might, it might go there anyway, because that's what it is. And, but I might not get there. You know what I'm saying? I might <laughs> not go to that place that the self-fulfilling prophecy, it's like, oh, okay, now I know this, this, and this about myself. When I, I don't even know if that's true. Now I'm going to apply meaning and value to this piece that I never would have heard. But yep. but again, I, I, I think someone once told me like, taken you have to you can't take it black and white right you can't take it 100 percent concrete take and, and leave like you would from uh anything else like uh take the good stuff that you want from it and if there's something that doesn't align you don't have to accept it exactly. right exactly nope okay. that's what i tell people whenever i'm giving the chart i'm like some parts are going to feel absolutely true 
And other parts that I write aren't going to feel aligned with you. And that's okay. You get to take those or leave them. Mm-hmm. And if something feels like, like sometimes I'll read somebody's complete Mercury sign and they'll be like, that doesn't sound like me at all. And so I'll say, okay, like what is your communication style? What does it sound like? Or I'll be able to provide context of why that might not feel like it fits. Okay. Yes. And today is April 1st, April Fool's Day. Did I know. anyone play any pranks on you? No. And I was like trying to come up with one, but I... I just was remembering all the pranks mom used to pull on oh, dad so good. and thinking like dad is the perfect person yeah. to play pranks on. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's genuinely aware, but he the dates and he, when he's in work mode, especially. It was always work mode. Because, yeah, he had to worry about how he would go into work and mom was a little class clown. And what was your favorite one? Do you remember? The car one. That he was freaked the, that out was by the far most, the one which I, I, and I the think most. about it now as an adult, like. And you know, like I know Max gets stressed about work mm-hmm. and then you just wake up and drive his car around and like add that is hilarious. Yeah, so what mom <laughs> did was she woke up early April 1st and she took our dad's car and drove around the corner just around the we side had, to like, the side We street. had like hedges so you couldn't see around. Yeah, and so so then John gets out of the shower or whatever and, and Kathy goes, uh, hey, uh, John, I don't think, I don't see your car out there. And he and John's, what? Oh, this and that. And he's immediately into like, how am I going to do this? Setting up all these different things and it goes on for what, as a kid, it felt, felt like, like a, a long, long time. time. And it was eventually revealed that mom was the one who hit his car. It wasn't stolen it was all good and he was not happy about it i don't remember the reception not a great reception it was a very important work thing that day there were several other things that mom did i think one time he's like your boss called and it was on a day that he had a really bad day so he's like of course he called today he's gonna so anyway mom was into the game yeah mom was a great one i remember my favorite one that i played on him i i saran wrapped the toilet i was just gonna say i I didn't know that that was you yeah that was me Mm -hmm. that is a good one yeah that was i guess (laughs) anyway i didn't yeah this is the first April Fools I've been April Fools I feel like I've done big ones in the past but I can't remember specifically so well I'm feeling very energetic today it's since this being April 1st uh a week like 73 degrees 70 the today. next it looks like it's gonna be really nice in Colorado for the time it come coming out we've been optimistic about the new season and I'm summer coming, coming up so we're really excited here and it's actually a week past the first day of the new astrological calendar Whoop which is pretty cool, which happens on the spring equinox, March 20th or 21st. And that's because equinox means equal amount of light and darkness at all points of the world. And of course, spring uh, you know, signifies rebirth and all of that good stuff. So I'm feeling very energetic. So I figured for our first episode of season two, we have an astrological expert in, the, in, our, in our mist, and their name is Jamie Quayle. And she's never read Moonlight my... Moonlight says an astrology. <laughs> she, she, never, uh, she has never read my birth chart, even though she's read many others. So we're going to go over my birth chart. We're going to go over a little bit about her birth chart and the kinds of thing, meanings that behind each sign and what, what house means what and all that good stuff. Yep. I think this is like a good basic like 101, you know, astrology is really coming into pop culture and not and more than just your sun sign. People are talking about rising and moon and mm-hmm. and Mercury and we have that this house and that house. And so I'll give some background about all those facts. So if you're curious and learning more about your chart, you can get a free natal chart. That's what it's called. Yeah, I was going to say chart. you could pause the podcast right now. Go and get go and do your yep. chart. And where would you You'll, recommend that? Yeah, I think um, astro-charts.com 
has a free, it's my favorite site. That's where I do all of mine. Um, looks up your birth chart. You will need your birth time. Call your parents for that. It's on your birth certificate. Should be on uh, certain states. Um, around about time. Doesn't have to be exactly exact, but as close as you can. And that's where you'll get your whole chart. And it'll say a bunch of gibberish if you don't know the language. But this podcast will help to... yeah. Kind of detail that. Print it out. Pull it up on your phone. Pull it up on your computer and follow along. Maybe some of these signs match up with yours and you can kind of figure out how that goes. So we're ready. We're going to jump right into it. Yeah, let's go. All right. Astrology was a major way of navigation back in the day. Mm -hmm. It was like a, a, a big foundation of astronomy and science before we had the exact tools to get us where we need to go. And so I think it has a basis in science that people don't. They about. separate science and yeah, astrology. Like when as it's if really the planets and the stars. Because it's that we're very all part hard of, to study. Well, that's the big key, you know, Jamie. Hydrogen has not been created since the Big Bang. And we are 70% right. water, you can't which create means the hydrogen in our body currently was present at the Big Bang. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing you don't want to do is. Use it as an excuse. Use it as an excuse. Hey, I just keyed your car. Sorry, I'm a Pisces. I'm a Scorpio. No, fucking... Pisces wouldn't do that. Scorpio would do that. <laughs> Scorpio would do that. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. Sorry, I can't pay for or it. Or Aries it's would just do that. I, it's just who I am. So it's like, that's what I don't like either. Yeah. You, it, it, you have to understand nurture plays a big role in life too. How are you treated? It can totally be a way you avoid, like, you know, Aquarius are given this. R- avoid responsibility. Yeah. Um, in Aquarius, like they're given um, kind of a stereotype of avoiding emotions, which isn't true. They're, they just don't come off as emotional or they process emotions different. And so they might say something like, oh, well, I don't I can't deal with this because I'm an Aquarius and I don't understand emotions. Right. It can be a cop out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's important to not use this as like an excuse to right. wish away your problems. Yeah, it's not going to hold up in court. No, that would be funny, It depends. If I was on the jury, I'd be like, this guy knows what he's talking about. We should make that a TV show, actually. Jamie's judge, and it's all based on your astrological calendar. It says here, sir, that your Venus is... So it's totally okay that you killed your (laughs) ex-wife. I understand. Next! Okay. All right, here we go. I got the chart pulled up in front of me. My chart, at least. Okay, so we're going to start with the sun, and how this is structured is we start with, like, the most... The personal planets, you would call them, so... The planets that apply to you specifically. And as we get farther and farther along, these become a little bit less detailed, a little bit more general. And so there will be a point in the podcast where I talk about generational planets that anybody in our generation, which, you know, Kyle's about to be 30, I'm about to be 27, a couple of years before and after that are going to have the same signs. So those things will apply to you. So if you stick around, you'll be able to hear about that. Good. Okay, so we're going to start with your sun sign. This is the one everyone knows. This is what your birthday is, and that's how you know your sun sign. Yeah, so I'm June 12th, 1991, and you have to ask your parents what time you were born to get yes. in these, right? It's very important. We were only a couple minutes apart. Yeah, born, I always, always found interesting. that interesting. Yeah. Mom's uh, biological. <laughs> yeah, mom's she was ready. vagina had a clock. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> vaginas do have a clock. All right, so your sun sign represents, as you can imagine, your vitality, which is like your natural energy, leadership, what makes you an individual, also represents your ego and maybe your larger purpose in life. And so, as we mentioned, Kyle has a Gemini sun. Um, For this, as you can probably tell and our listeners can confirm, there's a strong urge for self-expression. His excitement, you can tell, and speaking is a very Gemini trait he's very curious this makes somebody clever and witty it's an air sign and so 
every sign falls into either one of the four elements. And this is the thing that I you love. This I part. think this yeah. is more apt than any other part of astrology. I've just I look around at my friends, the people who I know closely, and if you just go earth, air fire or water i can just tell who's gonna be who and by your and by your birth chart you can see what elements are dominant mm. um and so what and which are missing so well. air would be gemini aquarius and libra great water would be capricorn no cancer yes cancer scorpio pisces yep Everyone thinks Aquarius is water, but it's actually The symbol air. of Aquarius is water bearer, mm. so it is confusing, Yeah, um, but it is an air sign, yes. Okay, and then Earth, we have Jamie the Taurus. Yep. Then we have, I just said a Capricorn. Yes. And then a Virgo. Yep. And then lastly, we have fire, fire which is Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo. Aries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Okay, got it. Yes, and you can tell in your chart you're very air and fire dominant. And that's the other thing, too. Looking alchemically in your chart, like air kicks up fire. I know this very well. Right? And so there's a big propensity to get super passionate, exuberant, excited. I can tell with my friends who are fire signs, it either can get really great or really bad. Well, it can be dangerous. It's whatever it will go, right? If it's going to be positive, it could be great positive. And if you have, you can look at that with relationships, too, or friendships, like... And Max and I, like our relationship, we're both very earth and water dominant Mm -hmm. and we are able to connect on that. Whereas like, I remember, I think we went on a date with your recent um, partner and you guys were air and fire and Max Mm -hmm. and I were just sitting silent and you guys were like, well, what about this? And what about this? And we and Max and I were looking at each other like, oh my God. But Max and I could also like stare at a wall and people were like, you're so boring. (laughs) So it really is a cool thing to look at. Okay. Anyway, so back to Gemini. I think Gemini's uh, air, like you said. Yeah. Yes, air sign. Um, so and that the makes reason you think I of like said above, that, like above, kind of like a detached at times. Yes, it's so easy for me to look down. Objective, and be observant. Like think of the qualities of air. Air also represents naturally communication. Air represents that objectivity, ability to flow, but in a different way. And wind and air is actually really life-giving. People don't think about that. But if you think about breath Mm -hmm. um, and the qualities of air, like you can't have life without that. So it is a very lively sign as well. Um, Something common with Gemini suns is a restlessness or anxiety of the body or mind, specifically the mind, because okay. again, air very much has to do with the conscious mind. I would consider myself restless of the mind for yeah. sure, not restless of the body as, as no, much. No, you're well. You also have, and we'll get to it later, a Taurus ascendant that is really good at probably settling your okay. body. Okay. This also makes Gemini's affable and light, the light side of life. What is affable? Easy to laugh. Okay. Well, perfect. Likes to giggle. Yeah. Any questions about your son? This is very basic. Everyone knows their son. You knew it probably from an early age. Do you remember, Jamie, when you first found out you were a Taurus? No idea. But I do love the story that mom was gardening when she started going into labor with me. That's interesting. She was like in the dirt gardening, which is a very Taurus springtime thing to do. I wonder what she was doing with me. And now I want to know. I know. I don't know. We'll have to ask dad if his memory is reliable. Playing Monopoly. Giving a speech. <laughs> Eating. Playing uh, cards. <laughs> yeah, playing poker or something. Cute. Um, do you, so do you want to talk about Taurus for you? Well, I want to talk about first your, where your sun is in your chart, because that's what makes you a unique Gemini. Cool. And so your sun, and there's going to be a lot of things in this house is very concentrated. You have a chart where I think there's like three houses, if you're looking at your chart right now, that seem kind of concentrated. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound repetitive. It's kind of cool because then it's um, 
Consistent? It's consistent. It's more, it's easier to take in. So we have the second house. This is where a lot of your stuff is. Second house represents your values, self-worth, what you have, like your material security or resources and finances. A lot of people, if they look at wealth, you look at the second and eighth house. Okay. If you have questions about money, you're going to want to ask your astrologer or look at your second house. So I'm a little confused. My son is in my second house. Son is in the second house. And is it every, that's it for everyone? No. Oh, just for me. I'm, just for you. This is where it gets confusing. My son, I think, is in the second or third house. Okay. But yeah, so this is very dependent on that's why you need your birth time because your birth time will set up where the horizon was when you were born and that's what sets up your chart. Mm -hmm. So having a son in the second house in Gemini means you usually live and lead according to your values and with confidence. Your Gemini traits will be useful in any kind of financial or security or wealth and they will be your utmost value of yourself. Okay. So Gemini traits, like I just mentioned, are going to inform how you feel about yourself and define your values. I definitely vibe with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I have a sun in Taurus, as I have mentioned. That is an earth sign, the bull, stubborn bull. That is very accurate. And on that stubborn note, it's a fixed sign. So signs can fall into three categories. There's four signs per category, one of each element in each category. There's mutable which means that I'm flexible, adaptable, I can change and actually tend to avoid certainty, tend to avoid planning or routine. And what signs are mutable? That is Pisces, Virgo, Gemini, and... Sagittarius. Sagittarius, Kyle, very well. And then mine is a fixed sign, which is the stubborn, also looked at as very set in my values. Like I know what I want and I go for it. And I appreciate that. Fixed signs are Scorpio, Taurus, which makes up most of my chart, Leo, and what's the air? Aquarius. And then finally, we have cardinal signs. If you think of a cardinal kind of in the Value, yeah. army, it's like the leaders. Um, so they like to take control too, but in a more well-rounded way. That's Libra, Aries. Should have had this written down. Well, Capricorn and Cancer. Thank you, Kyle. the ones you didn't say yet. You're helping me. <laughs> okay. And so now we're going to play a game. I have a list, two lists. We love games. Of famous people who have a Taurus son and a list of people who have a Gemini son. Okay. Tough, tough, tough. Because so, it's hard to totally know famous people. I can I can guess off of maybe some interviews or how they Or maybe something movie. you've heard. Yeah, I'm going to, and you people at home, you people at home <laughs> you people. can guess as well. So we're either guessing Gemini or Taurus for these groups. I'll say the first group, Tupac. Kanye West, Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie, JFK, Marilyn Monroe, Bob Dylan, Morgan Freeman, Novak Djokovic. Okay. I put him in there because I think you like him. Uh, not so much. <laughs> okay. Cool. And the other group is George Clooney, Lizzo, Megan Fox, Queen Elizabeth II, Adele, Mark Zuckerberg, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Billy Joel. Okay, the only problem is I know because I know one of the guests from the first one is a famous Gemini. Angelina Jolie, I've always known that okay. we're both Gemini. So that, that I know from the whole thing that, ding, that would ding, be Gemini. Group one is Gemini. Okay, that's interesting. There, It's like a different mix of performers and all that. But I guess the Kanye West makes sense all over the Kanye place. Kanye West and definitely makes sense. I remember a Gemini I quote I read from Angelina Jolie a long time ago. And she said, oh, I'm such a Gemini. Every time I'm somewhere, I wish I was somewhere else is what she said. <laughs> oh, that's and, a very... and I kind of felt like, you know, when she said that, I was like, you know, I kind of do align with that. I mean, there's a lot of times where I have to really try to be present in the moment. And I actually, it's a, definitely a, a practice, of, especially recently of mine. 
that I really love. Uh, well, the thing with do. Gemini's is like the excitement around life and experiencing mm-hmm. and knowing and learning is yes. so high. That I it's get so, so horny to learn. <laughs> it's so easy to want to know this and that and this and that. I want to know everything before I die. Everything. Yes. Like I want to be alive during the apocalypse because it's just, it pains me to no end that I will not see the end of the world. Okay. Well, it's who knows? Not fair maybe you will. In a different consciousness in life, yeah. maybe. Alrighty. Now we're going to move on to the moon sign. So your moon sign... Let's take a guess. <laughs> Gemini! <laughs> Gemini again. Ding, ding, ding. The first three are all Gemini. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kyle is a double Gemini. That's what we would say. If you have two of your top three, which is your sun, moon, and rising, then you're labeled as a double. So I'm. So Gemini is the twins. So you're already kind of a double. You're so this quadruple. almost gives you four distinct personalities, which I think my friends would confirm. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. Family, maybe, I don't know. Definitely. So your moon sign represents your emotional self, your emotional responses. Like if you're in an argument with somebody and it hits something emotional, how do you react to your emotions or somebody else in an emotional way? Your natural habits or patterns, your receptivity. The moon represents the mother of the zodiac. So it represents most people's mothers too, as well as um, your true self. People say as you grow up and if you are in the self-discovery journey, you actually end up looking more like your moon sign, mm. which for you is no problem. Yes, yeah, so I mean, the you're easy transition. Are. Okay. So having a moon in Gemini, it's again a mutable air sign. It's the same traits as the sun. It's just now enhanced with the moon. Mm-hmm. The moon rules the fourth house of family and roots. And so it's going to illuminate those qualities in Gemini. So something interesting about um, Gemini moon is you're pleasant, witty, and charming. However, at home and with family, you can be moody and irritable. Would you agree or disagree? Agree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I'm usually I think pretty it's, pleasant. Well, I think it's that, that don't know what Kyle you're going to get. Like, I think... Sure. I think at home, and, and you've mentioned this too, like you've always felt more comfortable and almost more like a family with your friends or more in your element with your friends than with family. Maybe it's a little bit harder. Yeah, probably. What do you think? Like I, to I think yourself, I'm so, or? it's so important for me to make my friends laugh and be the entertainer of my friends where it's actually a little easier around you guys because I don't feel like I have to do that, you know, that. because you and dad and mom definitely accepted we were just around each other all the time when we were little and it was oh, yeah. it was generally really was positive and good and we had a good upbringing in life so i felt at home you know being able to oh you were always down like I, we were always dancing and having fun and but i could also i felt comfortable not always being entertaining and that this which is important i'm growing to learn even I around like my friends Kyle, yeah. i need to show up too i think you're right that's interesting you're always more comfortable at home showing your other sides maybe that just felt yeah, like- it's not like I'm uncomfortable with my friends. It's just I feel this well, kind of like... Well, it's that nurturing energy. It is that safety net and where I can just release and be myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about anything Because I love being that guy for they my friends They say the moon is yourself at home when you're comfortable in flow, not thinking about or trying to be anything. That is your moon sign. Mm-hmm. So that definitely makes sense. Okay. Okay, yeah. And it, it with friends and social circles, because that is an air sign, kind of sociability kind of trait especially for Gemini, you're more pleasant and more excited. And so, so excited. Very excited. so... Something with this sign, which is interesting, is you can get bored with routine and constancy oh, very easily. Yeah, there's nothing worse than doing the same thing every single day for me. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And again, given that this is the moon rules naturally the fourth house, how does Gemini handle that? 
How does your home look? That's what the fourth house represents. Homes for Gemini moons are a work in progress, usually having or enjoying small, every once in a while, reorganizing cleanings or one big one, like maybe a spring cleaning or a winter reset. Yeah, for a long time, I would have like, okay, Tuesday is the day that I'm going to to clean all of this up and I'm not going to worry about it. It's your only routine. (laughs) I'm not going to make my bed every day because that seems like a waste of time to me. I hate making my bed every day. It just seems like I'm going to mess it up anyway. But I can see the value in it. But for me, it's not something that's unnecessary. A value, yeah. So mental stimulation with this position is high, which can cause that restlessness or anxiety when working through emotional challenges. Again, remember the moon is about emotions, how we handle them. Having an air sign in your moon sign will make you want to go more intellectual with your emotions than actually feeling them. Yeah, I'm realizing uh, recently too, intellectualism is a form of kind of avoiding, I realized for yes. me personally. Intellectualization. I, I, I always thought it was the opposite. I was like, like I'm, I'm doing, analyzing Yeah, it. I'm like yeah. doing what people, most people don't want to do. And then I realized, no, this is getting away from me actually having to feel the emotions that are coming to me. I think it's a, it's a balance with you though, balance. because I think... What's important is to not negate that your natural first step or instinct when an emotional problem arises is to talk it out. Mm -hmm. That's a common thing with Moon and Gemini. Think it out, talk it out, and that might make you appear like you're aloof or you don't care, you're too objective or you're not feeling it, but that's just your first step. And I think the important part is that having that awareness around, am I doing this to avoid Mm -hmm. actually sitting in this feeling and talking it away? Or is this just my process right now? So how to find use that, use your ability to think things through so critically, but also offer your opportunity to feel. Yes, balance is so, so damn important. And again, like I said, air signs get like a bad rep about being non-emotional. Geminis are actually some of the most empathetic mood absorbers in the zodiac. Yes, I feel like I can I can always have a good sense of how people are feeling. That's always yep. been a dominant thing in my life. I can sense yes, it. Yes, that's a very... Which makes it even worse when I'm a dick, I guess, <laughs> to people. Well, your empathy <laughs> is strong in a different way and you might not realize how connected you really are. So after right. maybe after you say something, it's like, oh, shit. Right, right, right. After you come down from that. Well, I, there's a, lo- a big time throughout my life, you know, I didn't really think about this. So I assume everyone is like me. Right. When you're a kid, you kind of just assume everyone is like you. You don't know how other people think. So I'm like, well, I wouldn't care if someone said this to me. So So I'm I'm not going to give a shit because they're (laughs) not going to care. They're just like me. And then you get older, you kind of get really empathetic. You kind of learn people are so different. You have to like it's always the the big thing from Jesus, even with the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. Mm. It's a bad rule. Treat others how they want to be treated. Oh, fuck Jesus. <laughs> what's Jesus sunset? Probably, yeah, what is Jesus' sunset? Well, it was July he was born. He was born in he's most likely in cancer. He's yeah, and he was also five feet tall and Mediterranean looking. I'm literally typing Jesus Astro chart. <laughs> anyway. I take it back anyway. I don't really think I think he was probably a good guy. Good oh, car. wait a minute, Kyle. What about like Christmas? Is that's that, not the real That's not his real No, part. it's July, yeah, famously. Oh yeah. He is a Pisces. No, that's not right either. Born Saturday, February 28th in oh, Israel. There's more. There's a bunch of different. Aquarius moon. This is really funny that I can find <laughs> Jesus's birth I, I chart. Thought, well, I guess that's a Catholic t- Jesus school Christ. teaching for you. Even, I think I, I definitely learned that he was born in July at some point. Alrighty. Anyway, anyway let's get back let's get to the Jesus. second house. As I've mentioned before, a second house, as we know, is values, self-worth, finances. So having your moon in the second house... You use your wit and your intellect, your inventiveness, your Gemini-ness 
to earn money. So my sun and my moon are both in the second house. Boom. Is that common? No. That's crazy. It's not common. The thing, what makes it common is that they're in the same sign. So if you have something in the same sign, they're all going to be in the same house, most likely, depending on what degree they're at. Okay. It can get a little dicey, a little tricky, depending on the degree. So that's why it sounds so consistent. And that's really important. That just shines, if you literally think of the light that the sun gives off it, and with the moon right there, and then your Mercury is also there as well, as we'll get to next, it just shines a light on that. The themes of the second house and of these specific personal planets are illuminated more so in your life than most people. Which is why how I was growing up and reading it and being like, wow, this all really aligns with me and other people I don't know, you know, maybe it's a little different. Yes. And so another thing with the moon in the second house in Gemini, vanity can be an issue. You might look for external validation or positive feedback first rather than self-validation to determine your worth. Yes, vanity is definitely something I never had a nice time admitting to. Ever <laughs> sure, I definitely like to be uh, when people are attracted to me. I mean, I guess most people like that, but maybe more than I was willing to admit for a long time. I very much like that. Well, We've Gemini, talked about this. They just love people. And so if your emotional self is in Gemini, other people are a big part of that. And it's okay to want that validation. What the... The worry here with an air sign in the second house is, again, can I take ownership Mm. over my self-worth and not not even base my self-worth on how I think I am or how I think Think I am perceived and actually who I know that I am and like these Gemini traits to love yourself for. Yeah, I've done a pretty good job at that, I think, overall with putting myself first like that. It's really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and so my moon sign is Scorpio, which, <laughs> yes. Just came out of the womb screaming. I, like a cat. Like, <laughs> which is a very, like, witchy Scorpio thing to do. Yeah, and actually, something interesting, this birthday, I was born on a full moon because Taurus and Scorpio are natural opposites of one another. Mm. And so whenever, if you're born on a full moon, your sun and moon are oh, duh, opposite, yeah. right? So this birthday... On my birthday is a full moon in Scorpio, sun in Taurus, just like the day I was born. Mm. So I am assuming my witch powers will fully come into play. And you're going to die. And I might turn into a black cat. <laughs> it is the 27 Club. I yeah, don't know. I might yeah, not might make it. might expire right on the, right in the midnight hour. But this is a water. So it's a water sign, very emotional, very private. So I usually keep my emotions very private and it takes a lot to share them with other people. Mm. And it's a fixed sign. So I'm stubborn. Um, I really sometimes don't want to be emotional and don't want to go there. Um, I really have to allow myself to feel what I'm Interesting. feeling. Interesting. Okay. I feel things so deeply. It almost gets too intense that I want to resist it. Yeah. Um, so I just have to allow myself. Yeah. I dated my favorite. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> One of my longest relationships ever was a Scorpio mm-hmm. and we got along very, very well, which is actually kind of weird. Like maybe for a Gemini and a Scorpio. No, we will see later why. Okay, Scorpios. cool. But she was, uh, when you said, so intense, but wasn't really wasn't like too apt to show it until we got really comfortable. And then it was whatever happened, tears. Boom, <laughs> it was yes. happiness, sadness, excitement, anger. She moon, just cried at every oh, single poor thing. Scorpio sun in general. If they let you in, it is a roller coaster. And that's why I liked it because it was very <laughs> exciting. I like I like yeah. signs that are just not boring. And she was never boring. No, to me. and it's it's also the natural like they want to figure out the truth and the depths. They want to get into the dirt, and they have no problem sitting in the, like 
darkness of mm, which depression. is probably something i need yeah mila kunis looks like a scorpio <laughs> well, you but just, she has a scorpio that's man. so funny that you say people look because you look rachel has a similar kind of vibe from the bachelor that's the look and, and sarah your friend sarah yes. it's the deep set eyes <laughs> you can't look like a, a sign yes, you can you can yes kyle okay. there's if when we go to your ascendance that's how you look well that's not you can look ascendant. like your chart <laughs> this is their like max looks like a leo yes i agree with that <laughs> he has a Leo Venus and that, he has a Leo Stellium. That's it. Okay. Stellium. Nobody knows what that means. Okay. <laughs> On to Mercury. So this is where we get into the planets that we all know and love that I've discovered are actually all named mostly for mm-hmm. the Roman gods. Yes. And I would like to say my theory as a, as a child, it's not only my theory, but it was when I found out we learned in like uh, grade school that the sun is constantly expanding. Eventually it's going to take up all every single planet in the solar system. And what I think happened is the sun started, you know, it's a star, it started small. Obviously we know that. So Mercury was a habitable planet. And I thought this for a habitable planet. And I thought this for a long time. And then humanity figured out, advanced to just barely enough to and get to Venus. burnt to a crib. And then only a couple of people survived and then lived on Venus, procreated, mm. and, and then moved to Earth. That and then eventually nice. Earth is over. So we just learned, scientific study came out. You can Google this. They just proved that Venus was inhabitable for billions of years. They can't prove there was life on it, but they can prove it was in the habitable zone of planets. So it's coming to fruition, my plan, my, my whole entire theory. I think you are the creator of the universe. I don't think so. Oh, I'm, I'm one of them, I guess. We're all kind of we made all from are. it all. So, well, I just think in the, you know, we have Elon Musk coming, bringing us to Mars. Like, somebody has to do it, and we're going to go there. And that's how humanity, because Earth is gone. Or we should just give up. Plastic everywhere. Oh. Who gives a fire it up? And so, <laughs> and so, no, we just watched our episode of Our Planet, and it's so right. sad. Right. Well, here's a common thing. But Let's Earth, get into this real quick. No, if, if, we fuck it up. Earth will grow back. This is basically what, I get what our planet you, was saying. There's so many people where they're like... It's just that we're going to go, I'm not glad. Earth. I, I always say, like, people are like, we need to save the planet. We need to save it. It's, I'm like, guys, the planet's fine. <laughs> the planet's going to self-correct. and It's going right. to die out when the sun takes it. It's not going to be habitable for humans is the problem. And then you, then you can p- tell when people are full of shit because they have no idea that that's even the truth. They, <laughs> they don't even know what they're fucking doing. Anyway. I get terrified about planet Earth all the time. But I thought it was interesting... So we know the planets as the Roman thing, uh, gods, as mm-hmm. if it's no big thing. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Saturn Uranus, <laughs> Neptune, <laughs> Pluto. If we went by Greek, this is what the planets Ooh, I love this would be. Hermes, Aphrodite, Gaia, Aries, Zeus, Kronos, Uranus, Poseidon, Hades. So let's go. Let's do both of them each time. Great. So start with Mercury and what was it? Hermes? Yes. Or Her- Hermes in fashion Hermes. industry. Hermes. Okay, so Mercury, Roman god version of the Greek Hermes or Hermes, as I used to say. I think that's this. I'm like, pretty sure it's it on, Hermes. Like um, on the a movie, uh, what was the main Hercules? I think there's a Hermes. Okay, that. Hermes. So this was the god of merchants and of trading, the messenger god. Communication, right? So Mercury represents how we communicate our intellect, our skills, our conscious mind. Short methods of transportation. Um, also rules the male and contracts people when Mercury goes into retrograde, as we all have heard about in this day and age. It's a really important thing to not sign any hasty contracts while Mercury's in retrograde. And it seems like technology seems to technology, shit out Technology like shuts down. It's just it all makes, forms of communication. All forms of communication, sending messages, trading ideas, something challenging. Um, this year, actually, fun fact: all of the Mercury retrogrades will happen in air signs. Every year, Ooh, it changes elements. It's probably good for me. So the only problem with this is if you felt um, Mercury retrograde in the past year, I believe it just came out of um, water signs. 
It's actually going to be more intense this year because Mercury is naturally ruled by the air signs. So if Mercury retrogrades a little bit more intense this year, that's why. Okay, so Kyle, of course, has a Gemini. Oh, Mercury. (laughs) I love this, though. This is like there's a lot of um, caricatures that match with you with Mercury and Gemini. Caricatures. That makes sense because Mercury is Gemini's natural ruler. Right, so it's right at home. Mercury's natural ruler. It's at home. Mercury is said by the Greeks to be dignified in Gemini. Mercury in Gemini is known as the magician. So basically this person juggles all that you take in and then presents it back to the world Usually through some form of writing, the arts, or music expression, which is so you. Like you take in so much information Mm -hmm. and then boom, put it back. In my own way, yeah. This is also known as the trickster position. Oh, yeah, that's me. Which is very much your thing. I know you love the coyote, which means there can be a dark side to this pairing where you could use your words as weapons when angry or not conscious. Yeah, there's the whole thing where I love roasting. I love roasting people. Good roast. I can can definitely... Read the room. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. If someone wronged me, how I can get Jamie is just, boom, I can just say something that's on her mind that I know she doesn't want me to say. Jamie's just an example. It could be anyone. And my dad taught me at an early age, you have to use your powers for good instead of evil. And it's very difficult, but uh, I think I'm on the right path. I think so too. (laughs) And this position also makes you a lifelong learner. You always have the mental wheels spinning. Like I said, horny for learning. I I call myself the curious (laughs) boy. I'm so curious about everything. Whether it's something as simple as bachelor gossip all the way to the secrets of the universe. I want to know it all. Well, I've always been in awe of like the details to which you remember sports players' weight, height, what yeah. college they went mm-hmm. to, how many yards they went in 95 yep. or whatever it was. No, I've just started embracing how good my memory is. It's really incredible. And this even says, you know, you're Mercury in Gemini is a holder of encyclopedic knowledge on an infinite variety yeah, of so topics. I tell everybody I know a little about a everything. Lot. Yeah. And so good fields of study for this position. This is what you can look at for your Mercury sign. If you want to know, if you weren't like a great learner in school and you want to know how you learn, Mercury sign's a great thing to look at. Um, but a good field of study for Mercury and Gemini's education, media, technology, or the arts. Yeah, and I've always said it's either going to be gym teacher or comedian. So that makes exact sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And something important about this sign, too, for balance, as we all love balance, is there is a strong need for wide open spaces and solitude for this position in order to let your thoughts integrate and rest for a minute. Because that mind can go, 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 mm-hmm. especially for you. It's even more so with that sun, moon, Gemini. It's so strong. Nature can be your guide. Most people would say I'm a 100% extrovert and I would not disagree with them more. I am right down the middle. I need solitude to regenerate no matter what. I love being around people and I get my great feelings from being around people, but it cannot go on for too long. It it just simply cannot. Alrighty. So again, second house, there's really not much extra here other than you usually prefer thinking and intellectual work over physical work. For sure. You have all the tools to make your own career path should you want to do that. Intelligence and creativity or communication have something to do with how you make money. Yep. Well, we'll see. I have a Mercury in Taurus, which is Earth and fixed. So you're the same. You're the same sun and Mercury just like me. Sun and, yep. Same sun and Mercury. So the thing with Mercury is it travels at about the same speed as the it's sun. It's so close to the sun. So everybody's Mercury is either the same sign or a sign before or after it. Cool. Good. Yep. That, 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 that's the stuff I like to know. And, okay, Taurus, Mercury is just, I communicate with a lot of... Um, stubbornness. 
<laughs> just constant. I mean, it's so clear that that's how I am. Um, no wonder all my kids at work are so stubborn. But I communicate with like a, a strong sense of values and knowing and kind of being set in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a little bit harder to move me when I have a thought and give my opinion. Yeah, I've always thought just basically going back to sun, even when me in the ground in the earth signs definitely see the world the most differently, mm. consistent with my friends, even though my best friends in earth sign. Air and we, earth are opposite. We are good if we get along and we can communicate, then we can teach each other yes. a lot, which is the big thing. Well, about that's me the and thing is friend, like probably. earth wants to like settle deep into yeah. the ground and air wants to explore and expand everywhere. Right. And so it is kind of a balance. And I think I know you've called out, like I always say, I hate Geminis, but it's only because it's, or not hate, it's just like hard to get with Geminis because yeah. I have like no air in my chart. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly that earth, like Probably I need makes you to touch it. I yeah. need to touch it to believe it. Whereas air is very like, much anything like is possible. that or that or that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to go to your Venus sign? What's my Venus? Your Venus is in. Venus, as you can probably guess, the goddess of love, sex, beauty, and fertility. Well, well yeah, most people know Aphrodite is she probably is the goddess the Roman of love. counterpart to Aphrodite. So Venus represents how I'm we your are. Venus, I'm your fire, your desire. Exactly. That's what Venus represents. So hopefully you want a Venus and fire from based off that song. Yeah. Represents how we are in relationship. <laughs> Might tell you how you attract people or how you are in love. Shows you what your values are, your self-worth as Venus rules the second house that we've talked a lot about. Mm. There's a desire for balance and harmony with Venus, as well as appreciation for life. Okay. Kyle has a Venus in Leo, which is a sun sign. So it's fire. It's fire. Yeah, I'm a fiery lover. And it is fixed. So we're a little bit stubborn in its own way. If you can think about fixed Leo fire. as the lion, there is this proud feeling in love. Oh, yeah. Even boastful at times. For sure. There is a big romanticism to Leo. Leo is so romantic. Loves to court and be courted and has a strong need to feel special. I just, I'm a giant flirter. Is that, would that be consistent? Yes. I don't know if I talk to Libra is probably the biggest flirt. Okay. But Leo's a close second because Leo likes to be noticed. Mm -hmm. That is a big Leo trait. Very warm. Again, it's a fire sign. Generous, even grand in love. Love is the most important thing in Leo's life. So this is a really supportive sign to have like you love love i just and i recently this again hard to admit i think i was asked recently what's your biggest goal in life and it was to have an incredible relationship with incredible children that i love and that love me a lot i think that's more important than anything else because leo actually rules the fifth house which is all about children and romance and creativity which is like you in a person yep okay so let's see Though generally quite loyal to partners, you can also thrive on attention from others. Mm. So it can be hard at times to settle down with one person, especially if that initial spark dies down. Definitely. Leo really wants to feel romantic and in love and grand all the time. Yeah. So you can see the Achilles heel part to mm-hmm. this is relationships do get mundane sometimes. They do especially get stale sometimes. Especially with the Gemini. I feel like that's a big combo a, yes, that Kyle, really needs. I, and that's so true. I get Gemini and so Leo easily. are both this like, Let's have fun, energize. And so if something stays, gets a little bit damp, it's going to be harder to kind of move through that. But that's just something, this is how you can use that of, oh, I'm getting a little bit restless in this relationship because my tendency is to want this in my Mm. life. Oh, I love that advice. So in what way can I get that in my life, either in my relationship or not, you know? 
Yeah, I so like that's that. really um, Again, a cool way I, to look I at. I love that idea of looking at your chart and being like, okay, how can I go away from the fixation in doing this? I know this thing's about me. How can I balance myself out with another sign? Because you, do, you don't have to be, you know, you could be whatever you want to be. And it's, it takes work and practice. And if you identify something about yourself that maybe you didn't know, look into the other side. Okay, maybe I should ease up on this consciously yep. to try to balance myself out. Exactly. Or it might even just give you peace of mind to know the reason why this means so much to mm. me is and it because doesn't this to your is partner. my natural ability. And so taking that into account, it's like, oh, this is my responsibility, not on my partner. You know, kind of limits the blame sometimes we like put that. on other people. Yeah. So your Venus is in the fourth house, which is beautiful for what you just said about really having this goal and value of having a beautiful family and that's full of love and laughter because the fourth house is all about roots, home. Your parents, especially the mother, again, I mentioned the moon rules of fourth house, early life conditions and a feeling of stability. And so having Venus in the fourth house in Leo, it makes for a very lucky, abundant person. Okay. Which is always great to hear. I don't you know if it's true. You have strong <laughs> friendships which can affect your emotional life. Mm-hmm. You're destined to enjoy a good marriage, happy family life, and a good work situation. You seek balance, beauty, and peace in your home, in your domestic life. Oh, yeah. You want things to be calm and everybody to get along. Harmony and... is a word that just stuck yes, out for me. Yes, harmony. I very much like when, when things are in harmony. You may not give your heart out easily, but when you do, you do it with great vigor. Identify with that as well. Uh, it's also your parents. This is interesting. Anybody whose Venus is in and around the fourth, in and around the fourth house, <laughs> sounds so dirty. Um, your parents' marriage can affect your own partnering skills and style more than most. Okay, even though it affects everyone. Yes. Yeah. But more than most, okay. because it's the relationship with your early life conditions affects your relationship. So we're lucky that mom and dad loved each other, basically. Absolutely. And it also says a parent may especially be charming, beautiful, or loving, which you tend to look for in a partner or even evoke yourself. Yeah, I want mom. I want mom. I don't care how <laughs> gross that sounds. I want I want. It's my a mom. great thing to want. Yeah. Just looks different. Beautiful. <laughs> Inside and out. Okay. So let's go. Oh, mine is actually Gemini. And so I've actually realized lately in my relationships, because I have, we all know what Gemini is about now that we've gone over it three times. In my relationships, I really need to have fun. I Mm. really need a lightness. I need a detachment sometimes. I need variability. I want to change things often. I want to do new things. Adventure always brings me closer to my partner. And I've noticed this with friends lately, you know, especially as a therapist on my weekends and when I hang out with people, I don't want to go into the depth of life and well, the harshness of I life because that is just my life yeah, as a, especially as a as clinician. A therapist. I don't care what's on your And right. so it's really important to me that in my relationships outside of work, and even with work, I'm always adding a humor or a yeah, lightness. when it's not important that you're not humorous. B- yes, so it brings that balance. I like and that. that is definitely something that I appreciate. What were your past two boyfriend signs? Um, Do you know? Alec was a cancer. To society. <laughs> <laughs> not no, really. he was Alec. very it's my guy. sweet. Um, and who was Tim? Boop. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> was an Aries. I, I, okay, so cancer. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Max is a virgin Pisces moon okay and so again Bob Dylan's just Gemini thrown through he is a Venus in Gemini that's good to hear as well as me (laughs) 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 other Gemini and Venus friends as you can probably guess some people who like to laugh in relationship Kristen Bell 
Oh, Chris Pratt, uh, Margot Robbie. I just put her in there because she's the hot one of the hottest <laughs> women on earth. <laughs> I'd take Chris. Dwayne Johnson is funny, and uh, Channing Tatum. I don't know much about okay, him, but apparently okay. he's got a. Oh, he's hilarious. He's a. I, he is pretty funny. You know, he, I, when I could, I saw him in a couple of comedies in Twenty One Jump Street. I was like, oh my god! So he looks like this. He can dance like that. He's a good actor, and he's fucking funny. Like this is too much. There's a lot going on with him. It's overkill. That I well, appreciate. Yeah, whatever creates the light stuff, I like to say also creates the dark stuff. Yeah. Well, I like him. I think he's oh, gotcha. fluid and great. Me too. And for shout Kyle, Leo, and shout out to Channing. I know you're listening. He was such a in. big deal for a little it, bit. Kyle, he was like he was the like Ryan Gosling v. George yeah. Clooney. Like Who's these it now? major dudes. Michael B. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty good. I'd do a threesome with Michael B. Jordan and Channing Tatum. <laughs> um, Venus and Leo another Kyle you and Linda Carnaliti just have a very interesting Velma. connection okay. um, I put her in there because I know you like her Amy Adams oh, well she doesn't Linda Carlini is nothing compared to me to, to, Amy uh, Adams <laughs> compared to Amy Adams twist, tongue twist she's my she's the yeah, number one pick. Evangeline so Lilly <laughs> Kyle's walking out the door <laughs> Luda Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Now I'm very ridiculous in the club looking so conspicuous. Lindsay Lohan. Oh, no one. I just saw all the girls I had crushes on growing up. This How is crazy so great. is that? Zoe Saldana and Christoph Waltz. Okay. Okay. Great actor. Au revoir. Shoshana. <laughs> All right, let's go Gorgeous on to passage. Mars, as we know, is the god of war. The next planet, Ares. Yes, so Ares is Mars's natural ruler, as in we can anticipate. Humanity's next base. Aries is actually my Mars sign, so it's at home there. Jamie gets shit done because Mars tells you how you initiate projects, how you take action, and how you follow through. Your physical energy, your aggression, your anger. If you think of war, the conflict and violence, it is that energy. Yeah, I only know a couple of Aries, but they're very angry people. Woo, yeah. And what is also great, it it is that... um, I'm going to I'm going to act before I think kind of energy, which is a very impetuous, airy thing. It's also that first sign of the Zodiac kind of energy, mm-hmm. that little kid like yeah, child, just yeah. like, do, 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 mm-hmm. um, have a lot of initiative, which is Ma- awesome. Mom was an Aries son. Yeah, mom was an Aries son. Do you son. vibe with, do you think that makes a lot of sense without seeing the rest of her chart? Because she's very much a child. Very. <laughs> she's very childish. Very childlike, very impatient, yeah. which was a very, which is a very big Aries trait. Um, It is. Not okay to move slow as an Aries in Mars or whether it's a sun or anything. Um, she's just so warm and nurturing. I, I really am in the process of trying to get her uh, birth certificate so yeah, I can do her chart. Yeah, fascinating. Um, she might, it's very possible she has a Virgo moon, which would make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, anyway, you have a Mars in Leo. So it okay, is a fire sign. So there is that um, relationship there. A fiery planet with a fire sign. Okay. And it is similar. You have a lot of consistencies again. This is going to be in your fourth house again, and it's in Leo. So similar to Venus for me. Yes, very similar. It is that fire fixed sign. This position gives a drive for significance and a strong need to create. Again, Leo is one of the most creative signs. This is a vital position for Mars. Passions run high and so does desire. This is one of the more sexual positions of Mars. If you're looking at sex drive in your ability to take initiative, start something new, you're going to want to look at your Mars sign. Mm. What does that have to tell you? Yeah. And then we have... Rarely does somebody with a Mars and Leo live life without a true sense of a calling. You act with authority and power, and your personal magnetism aids in getting you what you want. Yeah, it's You true. have a presence, that's for sure. No, and you true. can really influence the people around you. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's in your fourth house, which again is home, family, roots. So you can be fiercely protective of your close friends and family. Anger may be deeply felt, 
but also deeply buried. And as a result, it can be difficult for others to understand where you're coming from. You might be considered a real enigma. Passive aggressiveness is common with this placement. Okay, so a couple things there. I would say if my anger does exist, it's the least thing I feel. So it's probably buried, I guess you would say. I can't, I have no idea. So, but And then the last thing you just said was, oh, passive aggressive is one of my least favorite things. So maybe it's the thing that I hate about myself when I was young and I just... I was like, okay, I hate this. So I see other people hate that. And I made a conscious choice to, to really be direct in front with people instead of doing that passive aggressive yeah. for a joke. And something. I also think you use your humor in like a passive aggressive anger way. You know what, way. Jamie? I think you're right about that <laughs> probably because I can call out something without being direct yeah. in a funny way. And everyone's laughing. He's like, wait, you just told me like my mom sucks or something. Yeah. yeah that's actually a very fire sign trait. So Aries has no tact at all. Usually they just go for it and mm-hmm. have no... Cadence, yeah. Cadence. Um, Sagittarius is a master at delivering very harsh information with tact and with humor. So Mm. it softens the blow. Interesting. And Leo has that ability as well, but it's usually in a more defensive way. Hmm. Fascinating. Whereas Sagittarius is to teach, the Leo is more of a like to put in their place. I can can see that. So for me, like I said, I have an Aries in Mars that's um, exalted. And so it's very at home there. It means I just can get things done really, really quickly. I am also very impatient. It's a fire cardinal sign. I want to take the lead. I want to take charge, Mm. be in control. I often um, act very quickly in comparison to people around me. And it's usually because Aries has this quality to know exactly what they need to do immediately and they do it. Mm. But for other people, they might be like, you're being impulsive. Right. Or but my for me, Gemini it's say, like, think about this. You know, is this, yeah, I know you're feeling it really strongly, but take a second and think about it. Which yeah. is usually what I do. And then I, I do it. And if you know me, I'm very like determined. And once I have my mind set on something, I'm going to do it. And oftentimes it was the right call. Mm. I uh, switched my major a month into college. I remember calling dad and being like, I'm switching to psychology right now. And dad's like, just <laughs> like finish out the semester. You. I'm like, nope, going right into okay. psychology. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. It. I and know. I look at dad now. I'm like, see, it was exactly what I needed to do. <laughs> but I can give other people a lot of anxiety. Okay. And me too, because it's a little shock. Mm. Jupiter. We love Jupiter. Planet of luck. Planet of luck, abundance, growth, expansion. It's the biggest planet. It has a lot of energy, a lot of charisma. Yeah, we love Jupiter because it takes a lot of the meteors away that would probably hit Earth. It has such oh, a gravitational so pull generous. that uh, asteroids and meteors from uh, outside of our solar system attract to Jupiter. So they, they are like our bodyguard in a way. Amazing. Jupiter, in, in some senses, actually is depicted as a feminine goddess in mm. certain cultures. Whereas in the traditional Roman it is the counterpart to Zeus, oh, which okay. is interesting. So, is so king god. of the gods, yeah. all the Makes Olympian sense. gods. It's the god of justice, Gastrion. son of Saturn, and it's brothers with Neptune and Pluto. And so when Saturn died, daddy sky, which we'll get to next, he, he ruled the world, basically. They split the world into three, and Jupiter took control of the heavens. So Jupiter is about spirituality, religion, mm. too. It's about yeah. higher education and learning and that goodness that heaven we yeah, always get that, that sense. sense of i just have to say real quick son of saturn is a great band name Ooh, <laughs> son of saturn it is good we love alliteration okay again leo very consistent wow, yeah, gemini look at this. i only leo. have a couple gemini different signs in here really fire air explosion keep the fire burning man. right exactly okay and so your jupiter will tell you if you're trying to manifest something that's a buzzword these days or if you're really trying you're you're 
life feels down and you feel like you don't have any luck, look to your Jupiter sign to reinvigorate how to best utilize your luck and your abundance. I don't care if manifestation is a buzzword. I believe in that shit. Oh, gotta manifest, man. Absolutely. And Jupiter and Leo is the manifesting combo. So you attract the most good fortune when you're magnanimous, which means you're attracting people all around you. You're generous with others. You're inspiring confidence in those around you, which I know is something you enjoy, especially with your friends. Conducting yourself with dignity and sincerity and avoiding excessive egotism. Again, Leo can be very proud. And with Jupiter expanding that, there Mm, can be a little bit of a connection with the ego. So if you can tamper that... It can really um, enhance your abundance. That's so funny. Yeah, I've been having like this goal to eliminate ego from my life. And I think it might might be too much at times where I'm like, well, the ego's here for a reason. And I'm even giving other people advice. I'm like, get out of your ego. I'm like, maybe should I not be giving this advice to other people? I'm not. (laughs) Some people need to be in their ego. I think you're right. I think you're right, man. Like Pisces could drop down their ego. Yeah, Pisces, get your fucking ego (laughs) up. Um, You're very prosperous in creative pursuits with entertainment, children, and recreation. So sports and different things like that. Love kids. (laughs) You take pride in what you do and your generosity brings success. You expand through creativity, through play, through having a big personality and being noticed. And again, very consistent with Gemini. Nothing makes you more irritable than having to conform. You wilt in situations where you are not respected for your individuality. Again, Leo wants to be noticed for who they are. Could you imagine me in the army? Kyle. <laughs> like the least. Something that's a movie in the making. Yeah. <laughs> Gemini so, Man too. Jupiter can also show you your path to growth as as well as other things because it is about growth. Um, it's about expansive growth, whereas our next planet will be about. So it's the boner planet, you'd say. Oh yeah, we're, we're growing. <laughs> <laughs> we're mowing and growing. Um, your path to growth is to celebrate and honor what makes you you. And mm. so, if you've been conditioned in any way to hide your individuality or authenticity. You may have some deep programming to Fuck. do. This is true with a lot of Leos because some Leos, they like the spotlight and they have this individual personality and might be told to not be that way. If you can think about kids who are unique and want to be different, a lot of people don't like that sometimes. No, they want you to conform. Yeah. And so if you're a Leo or if you have Leo in your chart and that's a common experience, you're not alone. It is important to really own that part of you. Yeah, a big thing that comes up there is school, right? School yes. needs every no child left behind. They need you kind of in uniform, kind of all aligned. And I and that fucked me. That really that fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your nature is to experience life as an adventure. You're at your best when you've got parties or fun things or trips or yeah. travel to look forward to. Yeah, like I, I've said before, uh, previously on the podcast, on Monday, if there was a party on Friday, that school week was so great. Because I knew that there was something at the end of the week to look forward to, a social event that anything could happen. You've been talking about this wedding coming up for months. We're talking about Kate May for months. Yeah. We always get excited. I, I, I need something to look forward to in life. I think most of us Which do. is good. Yeah, when you don't have that, you know, it's probably depression. Get it checked out. <laughs> okay, it's again in your fourth house. Your fourth house is just booming, which... It's a party in there. It's a party and it has Jupiter there, which illuminates and enhances that even more. It's and kind, takes Jupiter the can kind of enhance things like a sun sign would. Hmm. So this just means that you have extra abundance, opportunities for growth and expansion and luck in areas of the home and family. Hmm. I have a Jupiter and Scorpio water sign fixed. So again, the where my abundance is, where my luck comes from is when I feel my emotions when I allow them to flow, when I'm able to be intimate with other people and share them with other people, that is really hard. Again, using my emotions for manifestation. 
All right, now we're going on to Daddy Sky. Saturn and Aquarius, mm. you have. So Saturn Saturn represents, whereas Jupiter was expansion, abundance, luck, and growth through that, Saturn is the opposite. Saturn is about hard work, effort, how we grow through boundaries and responsibility and and working hard. So that so having an air sign seems kind of opposite to that. Seems kind of So Saturn's natural sign is Capricorn, which is an earth sign. It's right. like slow and steady, hard work and dedication wins the race. I'm going to focus on one thing and get it done and be limited. Not a fun thing for Geminis or air signs. And so having Saturn in Aquarius is a little bit of a conundrum. Mm. It's a little bit of a balance. Um, He is the sky daddy, the god of periodic renewal and liberation. The ringleader. As well as dissolution, but agriculture and wealth. So how hard steady work leads to abundance and success. Mm. And so Saturn gets a bad rep sometimes of being, you know, he's not really that fun. Yeah. It's kind of Get a, your shit done. Yeah. It's just. It's Mow the lawn gotta on go. Saturday morning yeah. before you go out. <laughs> Shovel the driveway. All right, Saturn, I'll get it done. God damn it. And it's that father energy disciplinarian, but it's always like it's it, he helps you get rid of and let go of what no longer serves you. So your path forward is is clear. So it's extremely important. It's so important. Yeah. And so something about Saturn. So now we're getting closer to the generational planets. So these planets are farther away from us, right? And so their time to move around Earth and get back takes a little bit longer. And so anybody born who's listening between February 1991 and January 1994 has a Saturn in Aquarius. That's a big part of our demographic. As well as January for our older population January 1962 to March 1964. And something really interesting about Age of Aquarius, if you think back in the the day, the 62, 64 is a civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Today, there's a big civil rights movement, which we're talking more of a, I don't know, what would you call it? What kind of human rights movement, really, for all um, visibility of all walks of life here. Hell yeah. Um, so this is an important time. And if you're listening, if you're in our age group, this might apply to you. And so this details a mini generation of innovators and rebels. Your objective, we are scientific thinkers and progressives. Friendships are really important to Aquarius and you're usually long-term and taken very seriously. In youth, there may be a fear of being the odd man out and you may go to many great lengths to fit in and be widely accepted by others through your life. Or you could do the opposite. You feel comfortable and you take on the role of rebel that you're prescribed to, but it's also as another way to avoid feeling judged. It's almost like be the joke before anybody can get to it. I guess I have to say I definitely identify with that. Becoming the rebel, becoming the, hey, this guy doesn't care. This guy doesn't care what you think about him. He'll do whatever. I definitely took that into value and and personified that as a, especially in a high school, middle school and those kind of areas. So that definitely aligns with me. And for this group too, trusting your intuition can be really hard. Again, it's the air sign in this very um, dogmatic earth sign. And so there's really no sense of water or connection or what's what do I feel and how can I trust that? And so accessing your intuition might be a path of growth um, for you. And something that's really important about Saturn, some of you might know about a Saturn return. And so Saturn returns back to the place it was originally in your chart every 27 to 29-ish years. Yeah, so Jamie, let me say, this was the final nail in the coffin for me to be like, okay, fuck it. I'm not denying an astrology anymore because this past February, January kind of movement, I ha- I just felt a lot of shift in my life and just change and this overwhelming kind of like 
responsibility to start acting on things I've always mm-hmm. said I was going to act mm-hmm. on. And I happened to Google when, all right, let's look up when my Saturday return is. And it was like three days before I Googled. And I was like, holy shit, fuck. I have to just have faith and give myself up to the stars. Totally. And if anybody out there remembers, what did they call it? Like the Christmas star. It was this great, North the star. great conjunction around Christmas time of Jupiter and Saturn. They're still moving together in, in Aquarius. And so that was a big deal. It was one thing that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and so it, like it does 50 years or represent like a time that is difficult. I mean, Saturn really, if it has Jupiter next to it, Jupiter is enhancing. Is that father and son? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. There. That's an interesting connection. It is an interesting connection. I mean, that's, I think, why there was such a Christian connection with mm. it too. Jesus and God, God yes. and all that. Makes sense. Jazz. <laughs> Just pictured God and Jesus doing jazz hands together. Even though they're like the same, but they're also father and son. There's a lot. <laughs> I know. I don't understand it rightly myself. It's a different podcast. It is. Um, so what's important and key in discovering if you're going through your Saturn return or you went through it um, or you're coming up on it, it's really important to look at the house that it's in because the house will tell you what themes your Saturn return might be trying to contract mm. and and have boundaries over or to have you focus on so that you can move into the next part of your life with that cleared out and focused. Yeah, I can see um, that. So for you, Kyle, it's your 10th. And then you're also going to want to look at the directly opposite because they tend to go hand in hand, which okay. is the fourth, which you've talked about a lot. Yeah. And so your Saturn return is happening in the house, 10th house of career and public image, your reputation, ambition, sense of mission and purpose in life. Yeah. It's your work at it. It is kind of like your work ethic. Yeah. This is a natural house for Saturn. So that's really great. goes hand in hand and it can, I don't know, you can talk more about this than me, but it can be about walking the talk, putting your values, your beliefs, what you love into action, making that your career and how people will remember you. Yeah, this is all everything I read when I was reading about what a Saturn return is. And I was just like, holy shit, before I even looked it up, all of these things were definitely, you know, I wasn't necessarily acting on them as much as it just felt like I needed to. It's like, okay, I'm ready to explode kind of thing. It, there is a pressure, yeah, I felt pressure around this age and your Saturn return that a lot of people will comment on. Yeah. I feel this pressure. I don't know why. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. But and I that's have to where, go there. <laughs> yes. And if you're feeling that pressure, that's why the 27 Club is. Yeah, they all flame out. You know, there is an idea of, you know, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain of this pressure. If we're not aware of it, it can really get to Consume us. It is you. intense. It's not to put it lightly. And so this is another way in which your chart can help give you some guidance during, you know, 27, 29, you're about to turn 30. It's a big point in life, right. you know, like quarter in life. In many ways, yep. And so if you look at your chart or if you want to message me and and I can look up your chart, tell you what house it's in, um, give you some of the themes, it can maybe focus where you need to spend your energy. And Saturn, do we go over what Greek, what, what the counterpart it was? Greek counterpart of Saturn is called Kronos. 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 Oh, that guy. He's a guy from God of War. He's the character in God of War. I got to look that, that up again. Yeah, I don't know much about um, this god. I can I mean, see that being father energy. That was the whole thing. I will they... say it is fa- it, he was yeah. like the father yeah, for, that makes, um, that makes sense then. for Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. And I think um, a couple others. But I was really looking, because I, I do have a skewed bias of Saturn being the stern kind of figure but the myth behind Saturn the idea I was getting was this gentle father Mm. you know this the masculine pure masculine energy which is about stability 
in a helpful way, cool. like a guiding well, way. Well, that just brought something up for me because okay. our dad, the first half of our lives, very stern. Yes. Very, very kind of uh, disciplinarian and then shifted mm-hmm. into more of the gentle kind of advice. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting connection right there, huh? Absolutely. Shout out, John. Shout out to John. Okay, I have a Saturn in Pisces, so my Saturn return is going to happen very soon. With It's going to start within the next year and a half, end in March 2023. And so anybody listening, if you were born between May 1993 and April 1996. Another or a- part of our demographic. Yep, or April 1964 and February 1967, you have a Saturn in Pisces. This is a water sign, a mutable sign. Doesn't really go hand in hand with... Pisces wants to go with the flow and be free yeah. and flow and Saturn says no. So it can be a little bit tricky no in its flow. own way. Mine's in my first house. So it'll all, all be about how I present myself to the world. Okay. Looking okay. forward to it. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. I'm about to get to the generational planets. Anybody listening? This is what I alerted to in the beginning. In our generation. Anybody in our gener- generation. We're now uncovering a new generation of actually Pluto. So I'm going to go through... Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And this is most likely everyone listening's same signs. Cool. So this is for anyone. Yeah. Yes. There's a, a large part of our demographic. And what as well. makes it different, which you can all look up on your own, is the house it's in. Okay. That's where you'll find your intricacies. And I will say these planets have less of an effect on your life than the first. All it the makes ones sense because those seem to be mentioned. more individual based on, and these are a little more generational. Yes. So Uranus is the planet of shock or well, like sudden. Like how you're avoiding Uranus. That's nice. I constantly yeah. do. <laughs> is the planet of shock or sudden changes? I just want to be taken seriously. It's, I was going to say, man, I thought it was because we, we have stomach problems. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I had both my kids in session yesterday were farting up a storm. Yeah. It was just a day of farts. Day and they were farts. so excited that I was okay with it. <laughs> Okay, reform, individual liberty, and it's about the unusual, the expect, unexpected, a lot of, you know, Uranus. So if you can guess, Uranus was the personification of heaven in Greek mythology, mm, actually. I didn't know that. Granddaddy Sky. Mm, he was Saturn's, Saturn's dad. father. Wow. Yes. So a Sky Daddy before Saturn and ruled the universe, Uranus universe. Really? They're kind of similar sounding um, words. Yeah, sure. So if you have... Uranus in any transit, which if you know astrology a little bit more, you know what that means. And if not, feel free to reach out to me. Or look I it can, up. You know, or look it up. If you have Uranus with anything or in the sky you hear Uranus is like somewhere, expect the unexpected almost. It can involve a lot of shock, a lot of change, but all for the sake of reform, usually. So all of us have this in Capricorn. Again, there can be some... There's a theme. Problems accessing our intuition. We are a generation that's a little bit more thinking rather than feeling. Common sense often dominates. There's much power. You affect the world around you. Common sense dominates in our generation. I like that. Do you think that's that true? That definitely feels right to me. Your mission in society can mean any everything to you. You're most interested in making changes, innovating, updating traditions related to government management, rules, laws, career, business, responsibility, God knows we authority. need all that fucking shit change. I just really think, I mean, I think even the generation below us even more so, but I think ours also saw the intensity of our parents. You mean ahead of us? following us (laughs) so like the kids younger than us yes 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 even more so but i think our generation i've been noticing is i think we watched our parents 
following traditions very closely. The 80s and mm-hmm. 90s just felt like a time where it was, you did what was right and you go to oh, job. Even and, more so even before that. You know, you go yeah. to school, get a job and you do that until you retire and You're then right. you can enjoy That's your life. That's loosening up. And I think we have all taken that in and noticed, I don't want to live a life like well, that as Jamie, much. Well, Jamie, I think a big part of that is also the internet and having yeah, you see everyone else's way of living. And it's not, you're not just seeing your parents' way of living and the next door neighbor's way of living. You, you can question. oh my God, all these different possibilities in the world. And I think that, but that goes hand in hand with, you know, because the internet came and it's a part of the universe and it's part of who we are. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And so the desire to conform is a lot less strong in this generation. And then we're going to go to Neptune, which is the planet of imagination, the deep unconscious, dreams, spirituality, psychic sensitivity. Neptune, god of the sea. The sea represents all of these things. The ocean, you know, that deep unconscious mind, flow, psychic liberty, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Roman counterpart to Poseidon. Oh, yeah. So this is also in Capricorn for a generation. Again, these planets travel very closely together. And Capricorn is what again? Water? Earth sign. Earth. So I was going to say, I was hoping it was water. So it really and cardinal. Together. So likes to take the lead. Yeah. Um, and it's really. And it is steady. Defiant. Yeah. Earth Defiant ground. Very grounded. It's a very stable feeling okay. sign. Capricorns are great. You believe, you need to believe in the realizability of your dream. So Neptune is a dreamer and Capricorn is not. And so mm. a lot of the time that can be. A help where we, we talk about we can thought. Put, it's either the balance we can put form or the opposite yes we can put choice. form to our dreams a little bit easier maybe than a neptune in a spacey sign or we can get a little bit too dogmatic and not have as many goals and dreams mm, and yeah. reach for them i like so that a lot. it's it up depends to you. on how you're using that energy and mm-hmm. utilizing that our energy levels might be low if you don't believe in what you're doing you really need to feel inspired we can turn a dream into reality more than most. Vision is practical and doable. All right. Sounds good to me. Finally, Pluto, which, yes, we still count, even though it's technically not a planet. What is it? It's a dwarf planet. Dwarf. I believe is right. why I've looked that up. But I, I, it's, you know, it's still, it's there. It didn't go anywhere. So. Yeah. So Pluto is a counterpart to Hades, god of the underworld and the god of wealth. So if you know Hades, which is also Wait, Pluto, god of the underworld is the god of wealth? Yes. That makes a lot of fucking sense cool? to me chasing the dollar, the fucking losers out there. Doing yeah, it. so whereas Pluto represents shared finances, Pluto rules the eighth house, which is shared finances, and Venus is the second house that's personal finances. Mm, so Pluto's it's, my guy. It's different. So Pluto is about charity. inheritance, how you, yeah, it could be about charity, how you share your resources with other people, how you join finances, contracts with other people, things like Pluto. that. We need a Pluto in, in the world. Yes. Um, and if you also know Hades, you know, trap Persephone, which created the transformative power of the seasons, but also death, because when she would be in the underworld, living things on Earth would die, become winter. Mm. So Pluto represents transformation, represents sex, mystery, death, afterlife, anything taboo. It, it is kind of that witchy underground underworld Unseen, kind of Halloween yeah. feeling of Pluto. And so we all have a Pluto and Scorpio we're about to have a Scorpio return in the United States. Almost mm. everybody up to this point, we are about to have a new generation who's Pluto and Sagittarius. But most people in our country have a Pluto and Scorpio that are alive currently. Sounds hot. Well, Pluto is at <laughs> home in Scorpio. That's just where it naturally is. Okay. And so you're a part of a generation that is coming of age in a time of decay, collapse, institutional corruption, and societal change. Well, that's, yeah. It's all sounds Though you are strong and up to the task, the pathway may involve some kind of annihilation, humbling loss of power, 
Scorpio and Pluto are all about power struggles or confrontation with death itself. You might be sensitive to your environment, emotionally intense, intrigued by the mysterious, and seek spiritual regeneration. Mm. Again, this is the life-death rebirth cycle that Pluto's in charge of in Scorpio. And so the transformative power for us is strong. And I'm really hoping that that's what creates a good America is yeah, that ability to transform and change and let things die when they need to die. Still, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It means it's up to us and we have the power it to, have to, to happen. That's what we have to make it clear. And something I'll just mention real quick, and I would go into more depth. I've, I've gone into more depth with Kyle you'd personally. Have to char- yeah, you'd have to charge for that. It's only, it's only worth you know, your time. There's asteroids in the chart that really also have an energy and have their own theme. And so I'm just going to name what it is for each of us. And if you have any questions personally, we can talk about them. Mm -hmm. So you have a Lilith, which represents our shadow selves, our repressed self, our road to empowerment. Interesting about the Lilith myth from Christianity is Lilith was actually the first woman created. So we had Adam and we had Lilith. Both created by God. Created by God, but as pure masculine Mm -hmm. Adam and pure feminine. This is not Eve being created from Adam. This is a pure feminine energy in Lilith. And so Lilith had her own desires, had her own voice. And there was advances made by Adam to try and mate with Lilith or control her in some way. And Lilith, Lilith is hot. And Lilith said no. And because she submitted that power and that wouldn't create more of the world, and that was God's thought. The myth says that they turned Lilith into the serpent that tempted Adam with the apple, thus giving um, the feminine, original sin, and and giving that feminine snake kind of quality of Mm. women should be controlled, women should be less than, let's create Eve from Adam's rib because we can't trust pure feminine power. It won't give us what we want. So going back to that original moment, knowing all this, would you have told Lilith, hey, maybe it's a good idea that you do combine with Adam. So we don't have to go this other route. Mm. And you can both be balanced and be one. Mm. She made the choice. I would like to counsel Lilith to find ways that this would also benefit her equitably. Perfect. And I, yeah, because so it was God. Where she could take her time and make her own decision. Why, why does this benefit you? What, what are the repercussions following other than just standing your ground? <laughs> A segment giving Lilith and Adam therapy is fucking genius. We're going to do that. And then Eve too, like couples yeah, therapy with a cheater. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do the skit like that. That is funny. Okay. So what Lilith basically represents because of that is the repressed nature you like True Blood? and shadow nature. Oh yeah. There was a character Lilith at oh, one really? point. Yeah. She was later on in one of the seasons. She was intense. I yes. can remember. Yeah. I mean, it was like, that is the myth. Yeah. Of, it's a dark, that's not from the Bible. dark feminine. Lilith is it's in not the from the, I it's don't like, know. So it's not, Kyle, a, I don't I'm think not it's for like, sure. I don't think Lilith is in the Bible. I think I would know that. Okay. We'll look it up. Um, so Kyle's, this is where you can find your road to empowerment. This might be the place in your life. And you can look this up to where, You felt like you weren't allowed to express it or this might not even sound like you because it's your shadow. It's your repressed nature. And we all know I've been reading a lot of young recently. Integrating your shadow is a big part of enlightenment and trying to get to where you want to be. These might be qualities. The qualities of this sign that is your Lilith might be qualities in other people that you want to reject and can't own in yourself because it is your shadow. It's not your nature. But if you can embrace them and work them into your life, you will find the utmost empowerment. Mm. You no longer feel repressed by it or hidden by it. It can empower you. For you, Kyle, it is Capricorn. And so this is about your relationship with responsibility, with ambition. Oh, yeah. With 
slow and steady, pragmatic work. Oh, God, it just fucking, it all makes so much sense. <laughs> and mine is in Taurus, which is interesting because I mm, have a Taurus yeah. son, but what the wound and what the repressed nature is, I have been made to feel wrong for wanting, mm. for engaging in pleasure and excess and want the desire of things because... Taurus wants pleasure and wants a lot and can hold a lot. There is like this um, girth to Taurus. For lack of a better term. Energy, you know, like this abundance, but it can also lead to excess. And um, I may have felt bad for wanting things or for feeling spoiled. Maybe yeah, I felt I in, in my life, I have felt. Actually, you know, again, I don't know if he's listening. I got another Taurus. I don't know if it'll be the same thing, but that sounds a lot. <laughs> very fucking true. Like I want it all or like I've I've been told I've been spoiled or and I've rejected that I can have what I want and take what I want yeah. and be okay for that. And enjoy the pleasure. A small little anecdote. Recently, I bought a car and I felt very guilty about buying myself a car. Interesting. And it was like not letting myself receive and have what I'm I wanted. I'm very bad at, at buying myself. And so is dad. So that's a family thing for us too, I think. When other people buy, I'm like, hey, buy me whatever. But when it's myself, I have a hard time going to mm. that material thing. I love buying things for myself. And so <laughs> for me, it's been owning that and okay. saying I am allowed to do that. Yeah. And that's okay. Sure. Um, okay, and then we have a north node, which is also, so it's a point, like a degree, a point in your chart, which we all have a south node and a north node. It is said that we come into this life with the south node qualities innately. We have that down, and these are opposite signs. But north node, we don't really have as much. And it's said in our past life, they were flipped. Mm. And our life as it incarnates just keeps flip-flopping back and forth, back and forth. Okay. And the whole point of the North Node is to find balance and fulfillment. And so... so I'm sorry. Does that mean that you said they flip-flop, flip, so we don't really know which life I'm in now, which point's where, right? If, if they always flip in yeah. my next life. So my North Node might be what you're describing as my South Node. Yes. We don't know where I'm at. I don't know how many lives I've had. Exactly, Kyle. Interesting. And so while your North Node is in Capricorn, that means you have a natural Cancer qualities. You have that Why? ability because it's the, it's the opposite of Capricorn. Got it. So you came into this life with those natural, nurturing, Cancer, watery type qualities. And you have a path to balance and fulfill um, this balance through engaging in that Capricorn, which is really great because you have the Lilith and the North Node together towards the same qualities, which okay. can really help. Again, that's a thing towards in your chart. Very concentrated paths of focus. Interesting. And so qualities to develop with a North Node and Capricorn, self-sufficiency, taking risks outside your comfort zone, responsibility, and self-trust. Yep. And mine is in Scorpio, actually. So I came into this world with a lot of Taurus energy and I need to balance out with some Scorpio. So my qualities to develop are courage to make changes, going all in, sharing and intimacy. Scorpio mm. loves change, yeah. loves all or nothing. Taurus likes to be comfortable mm -hmm. and not change and be set in their ways. And so in order to find that balance and fulfillment, I need to challenge myself to grow and change um, and share. And intimacy. I can see that with you. Yeah. Yeah. it's a, That's definitely a big theme I resound with. Finally, we have our Chiron, which is a wounded healer. Mm. And so wounded healer basically is, we all come into this world with a wound. Usually it's, we don't feel good enough and we're mm -hmm. all trying to prove our worth throughout our life. Right. But depending on what sign it's in can point you to a wound that happened early in childhood that gives you really good insight into how to help other people with that wound as well. And so for Kyle, it is a Chiron in Cancer. This is a wound 
related to the core belief that one is either unlovable or having a fear of abandonment, usually related to family or the mother matrilineal line. Okay, so let's just say mother had cancer. <laughs> it's in cancer. It's like, it's like, I guess we can yeah, laugh about this. Cancer is the sign of the mother. So with a Chiron in cancer, most people have some kind of wound tied to the mother. Okay. So, well, I guess that's probably makes a lot of sense for most as the mother is so important yes. to the child. But to me, maybe even more so because this is in my cancer, which I, there's no denying. <laughs> of course, <laughs> this is my biggest, one of my bigger ones. Yeah. And I think what's important in Chiron is not to so much. It won't tell you exactly just your wound. It will tell you how to heal because mm. that's the whole point of the wounded healer. Once we heal our wound, right. we can, can then help others. Oh my gosh, look at what you've overcome. We can sense. help you too. Yeah. Um, and so the healing is for you about going through the pain rather than band-aiding or avoiding pain. Could not identify with anything more recently. Yes. And so this placement, more than others, takes a lot of therapeutic like work in order to heal family issues, mother issues, attachment, relationships, anything like that. Mine is in Virgo. This is also points to where we tend to overcompensate, which is I always mm. love an interesting kind of I like that, yeah. Tidbit. It makes a lot of sense. And so having a Chiron in Virgo, for me, the wound is in my ability to discriminate and find order. I might feel like so there's something innately wrong with me. Virgo is a high inner critic. So I have... Uh, feel like I need to fix myself or I have, I'm not good enough uh, perfectionism that leads to critical and controlling behavior. Um, or if I'm messy or disorganized, um, I try to highly organize things. The gift is my healing journey involves integrating parts into a whole, learning to be a real service to others and finding integrity through wholeness. And you, do you identify with all that? Yes. So I, my big wound in life is not feeling adequate and using perfectionism, perfectionism and yeah. controlling behaviors to overcome. If I can just control this or be everything to everybody, they'll love me. So how would you fix that? Probably just letting go of expectations and love for who I am, mm -hmm. allowing myself to make mistakes. If yes. I do accepting, not let myself that's make a good mistakes. Point. Yeah, accepting that, Relax that part of you. <laughs> a little yeah, bit, sure. like being aware of my judgment of not only myself, but of other people. Yeah. Cause we project that. Mm -hmm. I have one more point of information. The rest you'll be up to on your Ooh. own. Oh, this is ascendant. Yes. I was going to say we didn't do ascendant yet. But yes. That. What is it, Jamie? What is the last one? The last one is your rising sign, mm. also known as your ascendant. And the reason I left Hear it. Hear a lot about this. Yes. The reason I left it for the end is because it also, it, your ascendant is what your first house is in. Again, like I said, you need the time you're born to tell you the where the horizon line was, this sets up your chart. And so whatever sign it's in, whatever planet rules that will tell you what your chart ruler is. It really does set up who you are based on. It sets up the map of your chart. Cool, I like that. And so the ascendant represents your identity, um, how other people see you. I was going to say, I've been told it's like how you show yourself to the world. Yes, your physical appearance, how you start anything new, your outlook on life, and your outward personality. It is very close to your sun. It's just a little bit more on how you look and yeah, can appear. I can see that. You know? Well, I think a really good idea for this podcast would have been like if we had three people who know me the more than anyone and else. And they had to guess. Because <laughs> it's hard for me to do my own kind totally, of thing, right? Yeah. That would have been really funny to do. Or not guess even. It's just be like, oh yeah, that's right. Or no, that doesn't make sense. Or they have to. Yeah, and I have my own relationship with this that I'll, that I'll talk to in a second. But Kyle's is in Taurus. So your son. Which we finally get some earth in there. I mean, you have <laughs> yeah, the Capricorn, which is but great. that's everyone, isn't it? 
Or no, that was just me. You had like more Capricorn North Node, but yeah, okay. there is there got is it, innate got, Capricorn got in most of us in this generation. But the Earth really helps that that air and fire man yeah, because again, it. if you think about fire, you need wood, which is Earth, to start it, and so it is that air. nice ground to have something have a platform have a yeah. body yeah and so this is an earth fixed sign this is one of your only or you have a lot of leo so you do have a lot of fixed sign energy which okay. i don't see you as a stubborn person but control can be important well to again aspects. when i care about something yes I, I do like to have control of it okay so to have a taurus ascendant or taurus rising you appear sometimes in, uh, as a taurus so slow, steady, capable, um, having stamina and staying power. Again, you need to be interested in it. You have a natural presence about you. That's more about it. Like, what's your aura? What's your presence? What vibe yeah. do you give off? That's interesting because people have, there's been a few times in my life where I'm like, wow, you're stubborn. And I'm like, it, deep down, I'm like, I'm the least stubborn. I am looking at all different opinions all the time. But the way you give information or Probably, say things yeah. that come so off. It's, so it's high present. Come off. Yeah. It can be very like, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you radiate st- stability and comfort in, as well. Even though I have neither, deep down. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, more than most. Again, Taurus is ruled by Venus. You enjoy the good things in life. Self-indulgence can be a weakness or a gift, depending on how you honor or receive your needs. Either way, you enjoy a good meal, good ambiance, music, art, beauty. What's your favorite meal? currently immediately i go to braised short ribs mm, i made some right that I, i'm starving <laughs> and i made some not too long ago that i'll make i'll make for you one night because really like if everybody ribs. can chip in because they are expensive it's yeah, the totally. most delicious meal mm. i've ever made again presentation rarely are you ostentatious in your dress taurus likes practical comfortable clothing which I know you don't really care much about how you appear. No, I think I lie and say oh, that I don't. Oh, there it is. That vanity I, I started, that we didn't want to own. I started buying some clothes recently yeah, and I'm well, like... But you're not like... No, I'm not. I some can't. people, There's you no know? way I could, I could have... If, if Again, I don't want to be friends with anyone like with more than always, seven pairs of shoes. You're functional. Your outfits are always functional, simple, straight forward comfy yeah. like they look comfortable no no i'm yeah I'm sneakers are like your your thing you know again you value harmony and calm in your relationships but also require a level of passion taurus is a passionate sign oh there's got to be passion i'm You're just attracted s- to passionate people and this is one of my favorite parts about your whole chart your sole function is to patiently nurture into fruition your own talents ideas gifts and creative impulses hmm. basically to bring all of that creative gemini energy down to earth and give them a body so that they can do something that's what i need Love that. You may struggle with a lazy side to your nature and may not go after what you want very aggressively. (laughs) (laughs) But you can also look at it as you wait for it to come to you at the right moment. But that's the the thing I'm trying to change. Yes. And it says this is key to fulfilling your destiny is taking the right action, Mm. which is a Buddhist technique, right action, as long as you do not degenerate into lazy inertia. Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to have to re-listen to this and podcast It is every an morning. earth sign, a very <laughs> sensuous. We take in with our senses. That's how we regulate ourselves. So attunement with nature and the earth is a part of your soul as well. So necessary for When me. feeling out of touch with yourself, spending time in nature will help you to reground. It yeah. will for everybody, but yeah. especially for you. No, I've noticed that if there's anything I need in life, it's like a grounding. And when I do it, I feel so much better Ugh. after. Uh, the other day I went for Walk a four hour. Walk barefoot, everybody. I just can say that. The other day I went for a four hour hike. About an hour and a half, I, was, I, I took off my shoes. And I was just like, I have to make sure I do this shit way more often. It's just, it was Absolutely. so regulating. Pick up those free electrons. Darcy does it all the time with her little dirt naps. Do it on a turn Um, My rising, do you know it? Have I said it enough? Yeah, Pisces. Yeah. Which I don't 
I have never really related to. I don't seem go with the flow. I don't think I seem that creative. I don't think I seem that seem emotional. Creative. I was having my own. No, you like, don't seem go with the flow. No, <laughs> it's like my only mutable person. thing. That's probably why. But um, but as I've come to know, I have Saturn and my wounded healer directly opposing Pisces, and so my Saturn return is going to be a lot about aligning these, becoming more Piscean, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. and allowing myself to be more go with the flow, more creative. We didn't go over a lot of have the emotional boundaries symbols. Well, I like when we go over. We didn't like the Pisces. That's a fish. Yes, it's a fish swimming in opposite directions. Should we just go over them real quick? Sure. So let's start with Aries is the ram. Ram, right. That's funny. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. So then the Taurus would be next. Taurus is the bull. 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 Gemini. Twins. Twins. Yes, we went over that one. Cancer. Cancer is the crab. Crab. What does that signify? So we like to sidestep our problems rather than directly (laughs) approach them. (laughs) And protective. The first thing with cancer is self-preservation, protection, can't get in there. Crustacean. Leo is the lion. Or Leo. No Virgo. I don't, I don't think I know many. Virgo Leos. is the virgin. Yeah. The keeper of the hearth. Mm-hmm. Um, hearth? So very nurturing. The like the home, the center of the home that ah, keeps okay. it warm and alive. I like that. Um, Libra scales. Scales. Balance. Lil Wayne on my Libra scales. I'm weighing sins and forgiveness. It's like my only good, only rapper I like because he's so clever. He's a Libra. Um, Scorpio. Scorpion. We didn't miss it. Scorpio's after Libra? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, Scorpio. Okay, and Scorpion. then Sagittarius is the archer. Mm. So that fire of truth. We want to know the truth. Then we have Capricorn is actually a sea goat. <laughs> the fuck's a sea goat? It's a goat. People think it's just a goat, but it's actually a sea goat. Um, there's no such thing as a sea goat. <laughs> it's a mythical. Maybe it's, word, yeah, I guess there's no such thing as a ram either then, huh? <laughs> 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 okay um and then aquarius is the water bearer as we know mm. again unclear why that is water and air. i need to look into this more and then as we just mentioned pisces are the fish you watched um avatar right the last oh, airbender is yeah. there any kind of symbolism in there with this yes kyle we would identify ourselves with the characters yeah. if you know avatar I, max always called me Toph because okay. she was just yep. the earth kingdom mm-hmm. And we would always talk about where do we want to live more. I was like in love with Katara and just wanted to be her. And I wanted to be part of the water tribe. And I have strong water. I have two water. I have more water than earth. Um, so I identified more with those. Um, cool. And the Fire Nation just I'm due for a rewatch. Rep. I watched it years and years ago before I knew Oh my stuff. gosh. I will recommend that to the day I die. Mm. Best show there's, ever. I think there's a remake coming. I just read they that. made a like live action Everyone movie that I heard was it. awful. Everyone shit on it. But there's this new one. Looks like it's got it's a heavily produced heavily uh, so funded. you know that's the basis we didn't even get into half of the information right. no, sure. that i Listen, could give look how expensive we're already the what stars hour are. 40 into this at least yeah no, this if has you've been made really it this far if you've made it this far like thank you so much and if you have any questions directly you can find me on instagram i do have an astrology instagram jamie q astrology i'm offering chart readings um for singles and couples through zoom or other but yeah if you if any of this resonated with you and it got you more interested that was our goal or if it didn't. You get to leave it. That's also yeah, our goal. You don't fucking Up need to, to take you. any of this shit. I was fascinated through the whole thing. I hope you guys How enjoyed it. How do you it just feel like afterwards? Does it feel? I think I think I want to to read it and I want to listen to this and I want to apply it in the places I want to apply it and I want to negate it in the places that I'd like to negate it. If you like, want to continue to grow it, I definitely recommend the app, The Pattern. But it's only on uh, iPhone. Oh, Co-Star is also time. good. Not as okay. good, but 
you have to do more research, the pattern will send you. Yeah, because there's going to, listen, anything is going to be marketed and, and, and tried to sold to you and, and yes. as fake. So it's going to be really easy. It's probably a million astrology bullshit out there. And there's probably some people who really actually care. I feel like you actually yeah, really care. There's about. there's also, um, it's called Cafe Astrology. That's I've where that. I cross-reference re- cross my intuitive nature and knowing of astrology with Cafe Astrology's natal charts. And so if you look up your, you can look up your birth chart information there. And it's a more scientific looking birth chart. Not as easily viewed as astrocharts.com. Um, but Cafe Astrology will give you a whole chart write up for free. Yeah. Oh, it's, fascinating. it's fascinating to me. I'm sure it is to you out there if you've made it this far in the podcast. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this long. And I Oof. really I thought it was awesome. But Jamie did a great job as the lead My host. My first this host. Time. Yeah. yeah. So this is season two. It's going to be up, down, all around before we get to another season of maybe The, the Bachelorette yeah. or whatever comes next. So write into us. Love on the brain with the quails at gmail.com. Whatever you want us to talk about. If there's any topics that you have out there that you want these two odd brains to go over, we can, <laughs> we can do that for you. And uh, if not, just keep listening and uh, tell us what's up. Uh, what I wanted to mention, I hate when, you know, YouTube's and stuff like this, but follow our Spotify. I don't think I've ever mentioned you can yes. actually do that. I didn't even Press know you could do it. Press follow so that when a new episode comes on, yeah. it's alerted and you to don't, you. you don't see it on my annoying Instagram or <laughs> whatever other way you might get it. You can just, our, our thing will pop up right in your home. So just follow us on Spotify just to make us feel a lot better, if anything else. That'd be great. Anything we love else? you guys. Anything last to say, Jane? If you're listening to this, this is your message to tonight. Take a moment to stargaze. Oh, God. It's just the best, isn't it? We are small, but it is we are a beautiful also, world that we're it's, in. It's part of you. It's who we are, right? Yeah. It's not, you're not seeing it. You are it, right? I think it's always given me a strange sense of fear and comfort at the same yeah, time. Of absolutely. like, I don't know what this is. And, oh. We don't know what this is. None but of my problems it's, matter. Yeah, it's, no, it doesn't. It's a, you know they you know, they're so temporary. Oh, well, my they, problems are small. They're so temporary, and they're here to make you experience in one way or another. Yeah. And you have to just embrace every experience, negative or positive. All right, that's it. Good night. Good night.